I'm Cameron DeVazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. Here we are on the third lesson of the first quarter of the new year, Isaiah. And uh, this time we're going to be diving into some more of the details of history from the, the time of Isaiah and the king of uh, Judah at that time. And uh, obviously going to look at that, that story particularly, but also drawing lessons for us today. Absolutely. So give us a little overview of where we're headed today, Mark. Well, basically we're looking at the really the downfall of Ahaz, the king of Judah, which we talked about Isaiah reigning, first beginning with Isaiah, and then his son Jotham, and then his son Ahaz, and finally uh -huh. Hezekiah. We're with the reign of Ahaz. And we're in Isaiah chapter 7 that our lesson builds on. And again, just drawing lessons from what led to Ahaz's downfall. We're going to talk about that a little bit next week too, I believe. Um, so that's kind of the overview. Okay. Well, then I tell you what, let's have a word of prayer. Sure. Uh, dedicate our time to the Lord. Then you can walk us through the specifics of this week's lesson. Absolutely. Right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to come together as your people and study these important themes and this particular passage in the book of Isaiah. Lord, please guide us with your Holy Spirit as you've promised to do and lead us into all truth. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have to say, when you ask about the, the overview, the, the lessons have been different this quarter in that they're narratives. Yes, they are. They're just a flow through, okay, From Isaiah chapter 1, point, yeah. then Isaiah chapter 6, then Isaiah chapter, chapter mm -hmm. 7. And so we're seeing this. Uh, so it's a little less of a... You know, the, the introduction is basically, this is the historical piece we're going to be flowing through. You know what else I've noticed in these lessons, yeah. Mark? Is that there is less of the, all right, this one is coming from Sunday and Thursday, and this one's coming from Wednesday. Right. Because of the nature of this chrono chronology yes. and stuff, that the lesson is laid out in that. So it's a lot more grouping of together of the, yes. the sequential days, or at least Still drawing closer. key points and talking points out of it, but you're right. It, it mm -hmm. tends it to follow the flow of the lesson exactly. because it's a historical flow. All right, so let's get into that. What it could be our, pretty confusing if we... <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. If we start mixing fact, up that sequence... prior to, as we were rehearsing this, we had, we had a couple things jumbled around in our notes and so right. and it was it's out better of to stick with the order. chronology for our own yeah. thinking all right so what uh boiling down all that we've covered in this week's mm -hmm. lesson the the time frame here what are the lessons or the talking points we're going to be looking at this week all right our talking points this week number one is the lord is our strength all right um sounds pretty drawing clear. <laughs> from the fact that uh ahaz forgot that lesson okay. and we're drawing that from sunday and monday and then point number two is believe God's prophets. That's drawn from Monday and Tuesday. So notice there's a little overflap also. Uh, overflap. There's a little overflap, isn't there? <laughs> overlap, drawing from the nature of that chronology. So Sunday and Monday is where we drew talking point right. number one. And then Monday and Tuesday goes into talking point number two, believe God's prophets. And then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday led to talking point number three, and that is God is with us. Those are our three talking points. When we okay, and obviously we're going to flesh those out a little yes. bit more as we go along. So let's just jump right in. Yes. Uh, the beginning of the story and the lesson drawn out of it that the Lord is our strength. Okay, and in this in this talking point, really, we have the overview, the, the flow of okay. the story. You Introduces have, the thing. Uh, in fact, the Bible says there in Isaiah 7, verses 1 and 2, why don't you read that? Sure. It says, Now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, the king, uh, king of Judah, that Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, uh, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but could not prevail against it. And how far am I reading here? Verse 2, two as well? Yeah. yeah. And it was told to the house of David, saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. 
So his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved with the wind. Okay, and the lesson comments on Sunday in the first paragraph, the kingdoms of northern Israel, that is Ephraim, and Syria, Aram, ganged up on the smaller country of Judah to the south. This happened when Judah was weakened by attacks from the Edomites and Philistines. In the past, Judah had fought against Israel, but an alliance between Israel and Syria presented an overwhelming peril. It appears Israel and Syria wanted to force Judah to participate with them in a coalition against the mighty power of Tiglath-Pileser III of Assyria, um, also referred to Pul, king of Assyria, in 2 Kings, who continued to threaten them with his expanding empire. Israel and Syria had put aside their long-standing struggle against each other in view of a greater danger. If they could conquer Judah and install a puppet ruler there, they could use its resources and manpower. So Ahaz is facing this, this uh, coalition of Syria and Israel who are coming to attack him, take him off yeah. the throne, put a puppet ruler there. So they could effectively rule in his place yes. through this puppet leader and then join all their forces up against the threats. So Of Assyria, yeah. right. So this is a bit of a convoluted situation, but essentially Ahaz is sitting there with the threat of Assyria and the threat of Israel and, uh, and I'm sorry, the... Uh, Syrians yes. coming together to take over, and uh, he's in a bit of a pickle, if you will. <laughs> right, and then and then Monday's lesson at the first paragraph tells us that you know, in light of this, obviously Ahaz is weighing his political options, and it tells us there while Ahaz was weighing his political options to meet the threat from Israel and Syria, you know, what do I do? How do I get out of this? They're going to attack me. How do I defend myself? God knew some things he did not. Now the Bible goes on to tell us that he was thinking, well, why don't I just go to Assyria? To Tiglath-Pileser, who they're trying to overthrow. Yeah, why don't we just get team him up on with their my enemy. side? Because exactly. he's a stronger guy, and he'll save me. And it seemed like a good idea. And, and honestly, to... politically, strategically speaking, from a worldly perspective, it's not a bad plan. Yeah. Like, I got no chance against these guys who just want to use me against this guy, so I want to make their enemy my friend. But as the lesson says there, God knew some things he did not. Mm -hmm. and, and I want to highlight here, this is why God sends prophets. This is the whole, <laughs> like Isaiah is a prophet, and the yeah. reason, I, I can't tell you how many times people, was, and I'm just going to talk to Seventh-day Adventists. Well, I know Ellen White says such and such. I just don't see it that way. Of course you don't see it that way. <laughs> or God wouldn't have message. needed to send a prophet. <laughs> and so he's trying to help us to see what we can. That's why prophets in the Old Testament times were called seers, because they saw things God's way, not man's way. Mm. And so God saw some things in this in this plan, this this this. Um, developing plan mm -hmm. of Ahaz that were not going to be good. And so he sends Isaiah with a message, and we see that in the, in the next few verses here. Mm -hmm. um, Isaiah 7 verse 3 says that the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out now to meet Ahaz, you and Shear Jashub, your son, at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool on the highway of the fuller's field, and say to him, Take heed and be quiet. Do not fear or be faint-hearted, for these two stubs of smoking mm. firebrands. Like the is Lord is the Lord threatened by resin of Syria and Pika of Remaliah? No. No. Uh, son of Rem He says, uh, These two stubs of smoking firebrand, don't be afraid of them, for the fierce anger of resin of it. Um, verse 5, because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Remaliah have plotted against e uh, evil against you, saying this. Verse 7, thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass, etc., etc. So he says, Isaiah, I want you to go. I want you to take your son, which is going to be... Uh, Has an interesting side point there, too. Yeah. And I want you to tell 
uh, Ahaz not to be afraid. Basically, he's like, go tell him to calm down. Yeah. They're just little <laughs> little smoking ash yes. pots here for me. And uh, they've got this big plan, I know, but it's yeah. not going to work. So don't worry. Uh, unfortunately, though, the Bible does tell us in 2 Kings chapter 16 and verse 7. Once I find my way there. If you get my pages are stuck. 2 Kings 16, 7 says, So Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. Come up and save me from the hand of the king of Syria and from the hand of the king of Israel who rise up against me. Hmm. This was a plan evidently that was in his heart, and I don't know what the timing is after this whole account with Isaiah, but he ended up going to Tiglath-Pileser for help. And, and it's so sad because look at me, come up and save me. When the Lord says, it's not going to be a problem, I'm <laughs> going to save right. you. He's like, but clearly, he, <laughs> right. clearly Ahaz has had two options now. There's the Lord's promise. That's right. And then there's his own personal plan. And he's like, yeah, you know right. what? I'm going to put my trust. It's sad. Yeah, it and really it's is. so foreign. Like, I can't even possibly understand how anybody would ever want to go with their own plan. Exactly. Plan. We look at it as like, that poor fool. It's like... <laughs> And that, well, that's where we go here. So the lesson highlights that, that and that's why our, our point number one, talking point number one, is the Lord is our strength. If only Ahaz would have realized that. And Isaiah came. God sent Isaiah to yeah. give him that understanding. But he went his own way anyway. And we'll see the, the effect of that as we continue on. I, you so, know, I, I, it's a little imagination here, but he must have, he clearly understood I, what Isaiah sanctified was saying. imagination. Yeah, I was going to say sanctified <laughs> imagination, but maybe it's not even that. But, but if... He must have thought like, well, Isaiah's probably sincere in his beliefs and he really mean, but he doesn't understand the real, he doesn't understand the political situation. He doesn't understand the strategy mm. behind this. So it's like, I, yes. I know your heart, but the best plan is like, he must, he had to come with a, a justification for why. Yeah, you wonder why. if he did what we do today. Exactly. That's what I'm like saying. Like, it's devotional. Yes. <laughs> or like, I, I know what you, she was meaning to say, but she didn't understand my situation. Right? Yeah, you and mean so, well, but exactly. you don't know so what I know. Somehow he got his mind to say, I hear what the Lord is saying, but I'm going to go this way anyway. Well, it gets even better or worse, however you want to view it. Okay. Because as you go on, now our, our talking point number two is, is, it flows right into this. And you saw the overlap. Believe God's prophets. Um, first of all, if we look back at 2 Kings 15 and verses 37 and 8, well, really, verse 37 spells it out for us, 2 Kings 15, 37. The Bible tells us something interesting in light of this whole situation with, uh, with Rezin and Pekah. Mm -hmm. You want to read that? Verse 37? Yes. Uh, 15, 37? In those days, the Lord began to send Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah. Who sent him? Yeah. In those days, the Lord began to send. So, this is a judgment from the Lord. Hmm. Because of, we've already talked about in this lesson, you go back at the beginning of Isaiah and read through all the apostasy of his people. And throughout history, God has allowed circumstances such as these to awaken his people so the the reason that he's even facing this problem, well, because we look back at what we just talked about, the yeah. Lord knows who Rezin, King of you know, That's don't right. worry about them. Not only does the Lord know who they are, He's like, I'm the one who <laughs> sent them. I'm just going to draw them That's back. Right. Like I'm in control of this whole situation. That's why you don't have to fear. It's not just because I know things. It's because I'm leading out. Well, it's interesting too in Isaiah seven verse two, as we already read. It says, "So his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved by the wind." So. Mm -hmm. 
it's saying they were aroused, they were shaken, yeah. they were it, nervous. It, it, the it, Lord's plan worked. It got right. them thinking. But once they were thinking, he had that option to either follow the Lord or not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Isaiah appealed to him. And it's interesting then, he took his son Shear Jashub, and the name means a remnant will return. And the lesson brings up an interesting point that, you know, we think of a remnant will return. If you know the history of Israel, you know that Israel went captive. Mm -hmm. Now, Judah didn't, in, in the case of Ahaz here, was not taken into captivity by the Assyrians, but Israel did. Mm -hmm. uh, Judah later by the Babylonians. But the idea of a remnant will return, well, they're going to be rebellious, they're going to be taken into captivity, and sometime later, God will bring back a remnant. But the lesson brings out that this could have been taken two ways. A, a returning could have been returning to the Lord, not necessarily from captivity. And so the message, uh, and, it, and I think this was an intention of bringing mm -hmm. Shear Deshub into this, the context, was to say, Ahaz, you can go into captivity by going your own way, or you can just return to me now and spare yourself and your people. Well, God's going to have a remnant one That's way or the right. other. Either you're going to turn your hearts now That's right. or he's going to turn their lives later on and come back. But it's going to work. And the lesson highlights that on Monday, uh, second, kind of third paragraph. Page, yeah. The end of the third paragraph says, The message from God to Ahaz was, It means what you make it mean. In other words, the, the, the remnant will return, whatever you wanted to turn from your sins, turn, return now to me. Or go into captivity, and from captivity, a remnant will return. The decision is yours. And you mm. think about that. Wow, what a... And that is the reality. He could have... All that was riding on how he was going to handle the situation. Yes. Uh, Isaiah the prophet goes to him, and, and that's not the end of it. In addition to that, the Lord offered him a sign. In verse 10, it says, Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask yourself... Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the, in the height above. And we were talking about this like, you've had times in the Bible where people ask God for a sign, but for God to say, hey, ask anything you want. How <laughs> well, amazing. You, you think about Solomon. When Delaware's like, yeah. what can I give for you anything? What if Solomon said, you know what? That's, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, no. And the Lord rewards him. God here says, I'm giving you a thing. What would you like it to be? That's right. And, and the Bible says in verse 12, Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. And initially, you might look at that and say, wow, he is so pious. Except like, the Lord told you to ask for a thing, then ask for something. Yeah, and, and so what, it comes across like, no, I don't want to be presumptuous. First of all, presumption is when we, 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 we press the Lord without an invitation. We, we demand things from the Lord that he didn't promise. But to claim the promises of God are not... Presumption. Presumption. No. And, and, and you see that in Isaiah's response. Verse 13, Isaiah says, uh, the Bible says, Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, a addressing, you know, the leadership, the leadership there, yeah. here, uh, Ahaz, the king in the line of David. Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Now understand the idea of wearying God. This is what Ahaz said. No, I don't want to weary God. That's in essence what he was saying. Yeah. I'm not going to ask because I don't want to weary God. And, and Isaiah pretty much says, in trying not to weary God, according to what you're saying, you're wearying God. Yeah, turning down his gift <laughs> is a lot more hassle than him just giving you what you ask. Yeah. And, I, and I like how the lesson um, brings this out. It says, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong place. Um, anyway, he was wearying God by, uh, he was actually presuming upon God's mercy. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at the wrong day. It's, I was looking it's at the bottom of Tuesday lesson. is what yeah. you're looking for. You have uh, it there? Yeah. The last paragraph uh, of the reading on Tuesday. 
Isaiah pointed out that by refusing to put God to the test, outwardly to avoid wearying God, Ahaz, in fact, wearied God. But the most troubling aspect of the verse is the fact that Isaiah refers to my God by clear contrast to Isaiah 7.1, where the prophet prophet asked the king to ask a sign of the Lord your God. When Ahaz refused the divine offer, he rejected the Lord from being his God. Um, Now that's a powerful statement. That's a powerful statement, but essentially what he's doing is like, the Lord gave you this opportunity. And for you to come up with this, you know, pious, like, oh, I don't want to worry God. It sounds all good and everything, but it's disobedience nonetheless. That's and right. that is wearing on the Lord. Yeah, it is. It is. Pres- you're pre- like I said, it's he was presuming upon the mercy of God mm-hmm. by not asking. Right. And what the lesson highlights here is he was actually choosing to reject God. Yes. And, and I think the lesson for us is when God sends a prophet with a message and we say, nah, we are choosing to not have him as God. Mm. That prophet is only a mouthpiece of God, only a messenger from God. And so we see this, and, and, and the reality is underneath all this, mm-hmm. the reason was not that Ahaz didn't want to be presumptuous. It's that he already had his own plan, that's and exactly he didn't want right. to change it. And that's often the Mercy. reason we don't follow the words of God's prophets. Counsel given to us whenever goes against our inclination, yeah, all I of a sudden seems a little bit troubling. Presume upon the Lord. No, yeah. you just want your you own just way. You your own thing. Well, it, it leads nicely to the next point, like, if you should not believe. And that comes from Isaiah 7, verse 9, where it says, If you will not believe, surely you will not be established. Right. And so Ahaz's own experience is a demonstration of that spiritual principle that if you actively reject the offers of God and the counsel of his spirit, right, then mm-hmm. you will not be established as you should be. It is to your right. detriment to avoid this. Um Anyway, and there's other passages talking well, about Well, and that, it, it, even in, in my Bible here, it has a reference to Second Chronicles 20.20, 20, and most people are aware of that. Believe in the Lord your God, so you shall be, be established. established. Believe his prophets, and you shall so prosper. shall you prosper. So it's the exact contrast. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's saying the same thing. This is the prophet, and he's saying, if you won't believe, you're not going to be established. And what's also interesting mm-hmm. is, and the lesson brings this out, the word for believe and establish are the same word. In other mm. words, if you not believe, you won't believe. And it's almost as if to say, mm. you know, there's always room for doubt, isn't there, in things? Mm. And there comes a point where you have to take the weight of evidence and make a choice, and make a choice try, yeah. or you'll always be wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. And so the prophet was, yeah, there may have been unknown variables to Ahaz, but there were also known things. This was the prophet of God, and he knew God and God's leading in the history of Israel and even in his own life enough to have taken a stand, and that mm. would have established him. So taking that first step of faith would have led to the platform for greater faith, and he would have been established in the faith by exercising faith. But Mm. uh, if you will not believe, and this is not just to Ahaz, this is to us. If you will not believe, don't hope you're ever going to be established. Mm. At some point, and and listen, you know, some people say, well, yeah, but I'm just waiting. I want to make sure I'm not positive. If you wait for every reason for doubt to disappear... You're never going to believe. <laughs> oh, man. Right? Yeah. I mean, f- faith means there's going to be some element that you don't have y- y- You don't have all the answers for, or well, you wouldn't need faith. Except you already brought the point. You do have the prophet there standing. You've got the history of the Lord is leading. You have mm-hmm. evidences to build your faith on, but now that it's your turn to go forward, mm-hmm. you have to trust in what you have seen so you can have faith in what you have not yet seen, right? And right. the bottom of Monday's lesson says, Ahaz needed to be sure in order to be made sure. 
in order he to be made to re- sure. Yeah, and he, he needed to rely in order to be reliable. So he had to take that first step of faith. and As we all do. Exactly. And his unwillingness to do that set up the stage for all of his fallings to come. Well, I mean, I don't know about your experience, but I, can, I can't even count the times in my experience where the Lord has brought me to some Red Sea, as it were, some, how do I do this? And how do, I didn't see my way clear on, on the path that he was leading me on. Mm-hmm. And I had to make a decision. And then when I did, in retrospect, oh, it was perfectly clear that that's the direction I should have <laughs> right. taken. Oh, that God would have made it that clear beforehand. Yeah. And I don't know if you've experienced that where you're like, on the, on the other side of those difficult decisions, you look back and say, well, it's obvious. Yeah, but it's, it's not right only obvious yeah. when you're in that situation where you have to take a step of faith. Absolutely. But once you do, you're established. And that pattern of continuing establishes a lineage. Thus, we have Ellen White's you know, famous day, we have nothing to fear for the future, yes. except as we shall forget the way the Lord has led us and is teaching his past history. Exactly. But if you don't take those first steps, you're not going to have that legacy of faith to be standing upon. Well, All the right. Lord goes, he's not going to ask a sign. But the Lord says, I'm going to give you a sign anyway. (laughs) And the sign he gives him, we're actually going to get into a little bit more in next lesson as well, next week's. But it says, verse 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. You didn't ask. The Lord himself is going to give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will uh, conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, or and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both their kings. Again, the next week's lesson actually touches on this a little bit. But most of you have had exposure to this passage in its messianic context. Yes. In when the we Christmas think about, season, that's yeah, when you Yeah, and it, you read, well, you read about it in the Gospels. The yeah. Gospels quote this right. and say this is exactly as was foretold by the prophet. Mm-hmm. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he should be called Emmanuel. And pointing to the birth of Jesus. And Emmanuel means God with us. And that tells us that. It doesn't tell us that in this passage, but it does in the book of Matthew. Mm. And so you have this this, uh, prophecy. Now, scholars believe this is a um, both a classical and an apocalyptic prophecy. So classical prophecy is when a prophet told a prophecy that had to do with their time Mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. Where apocalyptic is, is a foretelling of something that would come in the future. And they believe that it has both elements here. Obviously, so the clearly, messianic. Exactly. The messianic, when it talks about Emmanuel, that means that that child, Jesus, is mm-hmm. God with us, yes. right? But in this context, it very well could be saying, this is the sign. And when you see this child, it will be a reminder that God is with us. Yes. And so there was a an application in Isaiah's day where right. there was a child born. The Bible doesn't give us the details, but it was born within a such and such a time period. And the the, uh, the lesson highlights that, you know, the, some of the discussion has been, well, we don't have record of a child named Emmanuel. Well, let's be clear. Jesus wasn't named Emmanuel either. Right. He was named Jesus. Jehovah Yeshua. Jehovah is salvation. Hmm. So the idea of Emmanuel was, was the prophet was conveying right. the, the essence exactly, of Exactly. It's the meaning that that child would convey. And in both cases, whether we're talking about Christ or whether we're talking about the prophecy of Isaiah here, God is trying to communicate with Ahaz, who is fearing the nations around him, God is with us. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be afraid of these earthly kings. And, okay, you won't ask for a sign. I'm giving you a sign. And, and we believe that there was something that happened that gave that evidence to, right. on top of, in mercy, because he didn't deserve evidence with his attitude, that yeah. God gave this, and neither do we, to be honest, but God gave this evidence to help him to know 
that I am with you. And the lesson highlights that. Uh, in fact, um, Thursday's lesson says on the second paragraph, the name Emmanuel is not just an abstract description. It is an assertion of a promise that is fulfilled now. God is with us. That's and the right. name, the name, you know, oftentimes is, is interpreted and translated God with us, but the, the author of the lesson brings up that more accurately, it's a present tense, God is with us now. But in and, the person of Jesus, he was God with us. That's right. But this, the whole purpose is not the emphasis on the child, but the sign that the child would reemphasize the fact that Jesus, that God is still with us, present that's right. tense. So it's not the child is the emphasis, it's the significance of the birth as the and, prophecy fulfilled. Well, even as we speak of Jesus as God with us, him as God with us was communicating that God is with us. Right. <laughs> he just happened to be the ultimate It was message. an assurance yeah. for us to put our trust in God. Mm -hmm. So the lesson brings up on Thursday in the last paragraph, even when the Lord does not appear in physical form on earth, he mm -hmm. goes through the experiences of his people with them. God yes. is always with us. He's present with us. He goes through our experiences with us. And uh, that that is what is communicated, what God wanted to communicate to Ahaz, and what he wants to still communicate to us today. Mm -hmm. Which leads us to our conclusion. Yes. Um, there's a summary statement on Friday. Um, I'll go ahead and read that, and then there's a, there's a great quote that mm -hmm. you can finish up with. Okay. So on Friday's lesson, the summary says, God brought faithless King Ahaz to circumstances in which he had to make a difficult decision. God did bring him to that, and we saw that in the mm -hmm. lesson. To believe or not to believe, that is the question. Even though the Lord offered him any sign that his imagination could devise, he refused to allow God to demonstrate a reason why he should believe. Instead, he chose as his friend the king of Assyria. Mm. And the inspired commentary on this, I think, is a beautiful way to close here. This is from, you'll find it on Friday's lesson, but it's Prophets and Kings, page 329. Well would it have been for the kingdom of Judah had Ahaz received this message as from heaven. Speaking mm. of the first, you know, attempts Isaiah's by Isaiah, appeal. his yeah. message, right? But choosing to lean on the arm of flesh, he sought help from the heathen. In desperation, he sent word to Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, I am thy servant and thy son. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Syria and out of the hand of the king of Israel, which rise up against me. The request was accompanied by a rich present from the king's treasure and from the temple storehouse. So after all of this sign, and you ask for a sign, no, I will go, but I'll give you a sign, and all this appeal that Isaiah makes, he still chooses plan that he had ahead is to make friends uh, the other way. Well, I have yeah. a little bit more that wasn't in the, that you read that from the quarterly in our oh. lesson um, that goes on to tell us the aftermath. Let's have it. She says the help asked for was sent. Right? Tiglath Pileser did send help and he did okay. save him from Pika and, and it looked actually looked like looked a good like move at yeah. first. Uh, that yeah. the, the, the help asked for was sent, and King Ahaz was given temporary relief, but at what a cost to Judah. The tribute offered aroused the cupidity of Assyria, and that treacherous nation soon threatened to overflow and spoil Judah. Ahaz and his unhappy subjects were now harassed by the fear of falling completely into the hands of the cruel Assyrians, which was a mm. much worse fate than falling in the hands of Rezin and Pekah. Mm. So what looked like a great idea, this is what God saw. And he said, no, 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 I'm going to send Isaiah and save you from this. And how many times God would save us from those pitfalls and perils 
yeah. if we wouldn't just demand on having our own way. Well, I know that there's an application to the church in these last days, but let me tell you, this sounds more of a personal application to yes. me. Like, say, how many times have we thought we could have a great plan or had this scheme in our heads or had work out the future according to our own plan? Mm -hmm. And the Lord's counsel seems to go directly against that. But, mm -hmm. but I want, it seems so clear, you know, but at the end of the day, how much better would it have been if we'd have just been faithful from the start and kept on that direction. Absolutely. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, that's a, that's a, that's a stirring uh, reminder that we need to be faithful even in those small things because it's going to lead to those big things that we don't, that's right. we can't see the end from the beginning, but God can. We need to trust his vision more than ours. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this lesson. Thank you for these stories in your word even though they often have sad outcomes, they are still instructive to us about what not to do and to learn the lessons of their mistakes. And Lord, help them not to be our mistakes. Please forgive us where we have fallen. Guide us by your Holy Spirit and by the word of Scripture and help us to make those decisions steadfastly and faithfully each time so we can build that legacy of faith and put our trust in the King of Kings. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.